welcome to the I Am Cannabis Sativa podcast. I am your host, Cannabis Sativa. If you're currently a medical marijuana patient and would like to tell your story and be featured on the podcast, feel free to email me at IamCannabisSativa at gmail.com. Feel free to hit me up on Instagram at IamCannabisSativa. Feel free to check out our official Twitter account at ICSativaPodcast. You can also find and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Anchor FM, Stitcher, and the Google Play Music Store. Please rate and review us on iTunes as rating and reviewing us can bump up the pod in their algorithm and put this podcast in front of even more eyeballs. If you like what we are doing, please become a supporter of this podcast and support us. We plan on doing big things with this humble little project, such as going to trade shows, visiting other MMJ or recreational states, and doing on-field work. And by supporting us, this helps us to keep the lights on, pay for rent, pay for hosting, equipment, and travel. And you can do this by going to www.anchor.fm slash I am Cannabis Sativa Podcast slash support. Again, that is www.anchor.fm slash I am Cannabis Sativa Podcast slash support. And you can also check out our newly minted um, page on Patreon. We're now on Patreon now. Um, and you can check us out as at www.patreon.com slash IC Sativa Podcast. You can support the podcast for as little as $1 a month. And we also have a $5 tier if you're feeling extra generous. Any little bit helps. And we would really appreciate your support if you have the funds to do so. Morning, everyone. Um, I hope you guys are having a good morning. As of the time of this recording, it's um, 11.04 a.m., in Legal Grass, Massachusetts, the heartland of America. Um, so I'm going to read this article. It's from a Canadian source. It's from www.puttingitbluntly.ca slash stories slash Kate. And it's by Kate Robert Robertson. And um, the article is titled, Why I'm Embracing Stoner Culture More Than Ever. In order to truly reduce the stigma associated with cannabis use, we need to become more comfortable with talking about getting high. I am I am the reluctantly proud owner of a weed bucket hat. It's what you'd imagine, black and painted with small bright green cannabis fan leaves. My friend brought it for me when we went to Jamaica on vacation together. Jamaica is a good place to go to vacation. I, I went there, um, I want to say, 2017. It was so awesome, you know, just it was sunny all the time, you know. The people were just really, really nice. Um, you know, I had a really good time with my um, with my sisters, my mom, and my niece. And it was just, it was great, you know. And I, I got to go on, like, an excursion, too. Um, and I, I had a lot of fun. And I obviously smoked a lot of weed there, too. And, like, my, um, like... Like, on the way to the resort, the bus driver was, like, you know, was just sort of, like, 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 all, like, me and my sister were in the bus or whatever. Me and my sisters were in the bus, and I was with one of my sisters, and, you know, the bus driver or whatever was just shooting the stuff with us, you know, trying to gauge if we were smokers or not, and my sister doesn't really use, but, um, 
you know, the guy was asking about like my hobbies and all that, trying to gauge if I'd be a, a willing smoker or whatever that he can sort of sell to. And obviously he, his, his, his cannabis star or whatever was, was, was on the money. So I, I bought from him and, um, I, I got to smoke in my balcony and it was great. You know, it was just a, such an amazing time. And, um, I flew out of, I think Montego Bay airport and, I've I've been to a couple of international airports in my 30 years and that was the cleanest one I've ever been to like no joke cleanest airport ever like like I I've been to I've been to airports in Europe you know I've been to one in Europe I've been to I've been to the Mexican airport um I think I want to say Cancun airport or whatever that one is I've been to um yeah, I've been to the airport in Lagos, Nigeria. So I've I've been to a couple international airports at this point in my life. But yeah, the, the Jamaica one that I was at, cleanest one I've ever been to. But let's let's continue reading. I actually have two bucket hats, and the newer one I bought with my own money. I also own two pairs of weed socks, another joke gift from someone who was accepting of my recreational canvas use. They were comfortable, supportive even, of me wearing weed socks. They're, they're actually a little too tight around the legs, so I tend to save them for laundry days. I'm 36 years old. In May, I'll be 37. And even though I've been smoking weed since high school, I found myself embracing and celebrating Sooner culture and its signifiers more than ever in the days, in the days leading up to and following legalization. It's not that I've been completely repulsed by stoner culture in the past. Pine Pineapple Express is one of my favorite movies, mostly because James Franco's weed dealer, Saul Silver, is so true to my experiences. A version of Saul Silver, the lonely slacker who worships the stems of God's highest quality nugs, has sold me weed more times than I could possibly count. But the various times of the various types of Saul Silvers have made me feel extremely uncomfortable too often with his paranoid ob observations and casual misogyny. I guess my street cred has benefited for what it's worth, but I'm glad my friend's kids won't be wandering into unsafe places to pick up like I did. Good point. Like, that's the perk of legalization. You're not having to meet shady dealers, you know. You're not having to, you know, have dealers. Like, I, I haven't, like, come, like, in my experience, like, I'm, I'm a guy, so, like, it's, it's, I mean, I don't go through the misogyny that women do, but, like, just, just, like, the shadiness of some dealers sometimes. It's, I'm not saying all, like, black or traditional market dealers are, are like this, but it's, like, like I had one dealer when I when I lived near Boston or whatever, and you know his prices were really good. But um, I, but he was like a good friend of my of one of my roommates who I didn't really get along with too well. But he was like my only plug. So I mean I had shadiness like that I had to deal with, and um, it you know I mean the prices were good, but like every time I would ask what strain I was getting, you know, is this an indica or is this a sativa? He could never give a straight answer. You know, and it was after a few months I got sick of that, and then I just caved in and got my medical marijuana card in Louisville, Massachusetts. 
You know, when you have an actual illness, you you know, you can't roll, you, you don't want to roll the dice on a random strain or you don't want, and, and it's not, it's not assuring at all when a dealer is like, oh, I don't know. I just got whatever fell out of the top truck or whatever and, and, and grew it in my house. You know, I, I like going to a dispensary. I like, I like picking and choosing what strains I get, you know, even if I'm paying through the nose, you know, I'm being bled dry by the 15 dollars per gram prices of Massachusetts, but I mean, I'd rather have me being able to go to a dispensary and be like, I'd rather, I, I want this, I want this indica, I know this indica has worked in the past and I'm gonna, I want to use it, I'm gonna buy it, you know, when you have a dealer, you can't do that, you know, I, I have a gray market dealer right now and a caregiver in Maine that sends me stuff and she's great, I mean, I know, I know the types of strain she's growing and stuff, you know, and she tends to grow strains that are pretty good for my symptoms. So, you know, I'm 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 okay with like dealers and people like that that are, you know, that are thorough, that um, know what they're growing, you know, that put love and tender loving loving and care into what they grow and what they sell to their consumers. Like I, I love people like that. I'm gonna be ride and die ride and die for her, you know? Cause she provides so many good things for me for a very good price. But let's continue. After Prime Minister Justin Trudeau announced that legalization would be a reality, in between epiphanies that all of those jokes my friends and I made over the years about buying government weed, which is probably extra good, were actually going to come into fruition. And I was further drawn into the emerging industry. Marketers, in particular, were starting conversations about how we needed to reduce the stigma associated with cannabis use and how effective stereotypes about the culture had been propping up prohibitionist ideology. Vulnerable communities had been over-policed and negatively impacted, and we've had an opportunity in Canada to pave a way, new way forward. Plus, weed. So I jumped in. I started out in marketing at a medical cannabis evaluation company. Activists like my friend Matt Murno had done a lot of work to help people understand the therapeutic and sometimes life-saving applications of cannabis. But meeting members of the, the activists and medical communities added a meaningful layer to what was already pretty exciting. It, it's so easy to forget what it's like to be sick when you're healthy. It is easy to take that for granted, not being in chronic pain, not suffering from migraines or ter terrible side effects of life-saving medicines. Being this community grounded in compassion and the idea that humans have a right to seek relief also re introduced me to the concept that perhaps all cannabis consumption is linked to wellness in some capacity, that replacing an end-of-the-day glass of wine with a bowl of cannabis could actually be about stress relief and not getting high. Although I've always had identified as a bit of a stoner, now I wondered if perhaps I was actually an early con consumer of a superfood-like plant that I had happened to smoke. Perhaps we are all medical consumers in a way. I had acquired a medical authorization. It's not a prescription, actually. Through one of Canada's privately owned cannabis clinics to treat insomnia anxiety. I explored various types of cannabis with different terpene profiles and cannabinoid contents to see how they affected my body and mind differently, something I've never had the opportunity to do before legalization. 
the one-to-one -one chemotypes or strains as peasants may call them were there where there there is a roughly equal amount of CBD to THC is are an especially exciting discovery that's why I always recommend to non-stoner pals who want to try something with a lower risk of discomfort. See, that's what makes this plant so beautiful. Different strokes for different folks. I've um, I've tried one-to-ones. While I would use that to treat anxiety or use that before I had um, because I also I I do I do a um I I do some like uh some bus busing and uh some some wait staff work on the side it's one of my side hustles and i'm having to be around a lot of people and the one-to-one -one strains are very very good for you know crushing anxiety and and you know being able to do those things but um i don't find those strains really help me for sleep at all but you know different strokes for different folks you know um for kate for kate or katie that probably that helps her obviously you know, one-to-ones help me for anxiety, but again, I, 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 I can't fall asleep on those because, again, CBD is, is alerting for me, in a sense. You know, it's calming, but it's alerting, you know. It, it acts a little bit like like I had had a, a cup or, or two of green tea. You know, I'm not going to fall asleep on CBD, you know. But um, But we're all different, but just wanted to put that out there. But I also started to notice that there was something about the discomfort that non-seasoned customers don't like that I do like quite a bit. Let me try to explain. For one, I think that any daily pain or stress that I can argue I treat with cannabis is more likely relief of withdrawal symptoms I've developed due to my nearly daily consumption. In February, the journal Drug and Alcohol Dependence published the, resu the results of a study of cannabis withdrawal syndrome, which sounds very scarily, scary, but it's really just, really just things like a tough time sleeping, irritability, anxiety, depression. The same things you might attribute to stress for a normal person. And you know what eases those symptoms? Smoking weed. I don't really have a stressful life. Don't tell my dad. I'm writing this on my bed right now with cat in lap. lap. I don't have kids, very few responsibilities, and like I said, I'm a bit of a stoner. I like to relax. I like to laugh with friends more than anything else on the earth. So it's interesting as, a me as the medical narrative was, I had to reject the, notice, the notion that all this time I had been consuming for therapeutic purposes. Nope, I'm just a bit of a stoner. I like to smoke weed because it makes me di think differently. And actually, I quite like that the discomfort... I actually, I quite like that discomfort non-seasoned consumers complain about. I welcome the sometimes dark thoughts that spring to mind. I wholeheartedly adore the absurd jokes shared with buds over something stupid. Something that wouldn't ordinarily be funny at all. And I like to be lulled to sleep in in a bit of a fog. Me too. I like strains that like are overkill sometimes. You know, like when I when I smoke a good GG4, like I I sleep like I uh, like I slept as like a teenager or whatever or like even as like a child, you know. And then I wake up and I feel a little groggy. I like that sometimes, you know. I like a I like a good indica, a good heavy hitting indica that works a little too well. You know, I mean, 
I don't know. That's just me, though. But I mean, I've, I've and, but that's because I've I've gone through the con- I've gone through the ringer of conventional medicines that just made me feel hungover that by the time I woke up, I like something. I like I like a strain where that I, I take it. I don't feel hungover when I wake up. I may feel a tiny bit groggy. I may need to take a, a cup of coffee and then I'm good to go. But that works way better and that's way healthier for me and that's way more optimal for me than taking a sleep aid, taking Ambien. I don't need to tell you all the side effects of Ambien. It's it's it's, it's terrible. So many articles have been written about how bad it is. But I rather again, I rather have a good GG4 that I feel slightly groggy and you know have to just drive to Dunks to get some coffee to get through work or whatever. You know, but once I have half that coffee, I'm good to go for the whole day. But anywho, let's continue. And even though recreational cannabis is apparently legal in Canada, nobody is talking about getting high. Like if you ask what, if if someone asks you what the definition of recreational cannabis consumer is, you'd probably say it's someone who enjoys getting high from smoking weed. Canadians are still very uncomfortable with this. We are in the midst of an opioid crisis, and we don't want to contone this behavior in case it creates an even more widespread problem. For many, getting high is, well, gross. It's a moral failure, a weakness, a sign you're not well-equipped for life than others. Marketers in the industry will say that advertising restrictions have made it difficult to have honest and frank conversations about cannabis. They're not wrong, but the medicalization of cannabis and this amorphous wellness vibe that we're putting out there still just, just doesn't resonate with me. That combined with efforts to reduce stigma by sterilizing the typeface and stock photography in advertising leaves me cold because it doesn't at all seem to understand that cannabis consumers enjoy getting high. Usually I am quite fond of advertising because it's more it's a more accurate reflection of how things really are than the content it's presented with, like TV shows and movies. And I like I like truth quite a bit. As I said, I live for raw honesty, even when, or maybe, especially if, it's a little uncomfortable. You can glean so much about how things are from a McDonald's ad, who their competition is, who they're targeting, how they want to target the market, how they want to target, how they want to target to perceive themselves, how the target customer actually perceives themselves. Well-funded market research combined with creative minds can tell us so much about who we are, or at the very least, something revealing about the strange lives, the strange times that we we're living in. Because we do live in some very strange times, right? I hope that with legalization, we can begin to appreciate that getting high isn't, in fact, a moral failure, I, but rather a way to alter your reality and make it more interesting or palatable. It's just a way to experience something differently. Hence the bucket hat, and why I will very likely wear it more than ever this coming year. Because I know it bugs people. I can already hear your judgmental, you know smoking weed isn't the same thing as having a personality jabs. But it's my, I'll bite silly way of saying, of, of fighting the complete evis- evisceration of sooner culture, which even in the post-prohibition area is only expression of cannabis that ha- has resonated with me. I'm not eager to wipe the slate clean because, well, at least sooner culture has a sense of humor. And it may not be trendy or marketable, but it is honest.
mic drop end of the article so spot on i'm i'm sick of this sanitation of cannabis culture right now you know as as you all know i live in legal grass massachusetts and you know we have a lot of the same restrictions we can't we can't really advertise alcohol you know our you know our um cannabis control board they just approved social consumption lounges like a pilot program for pro um pro cannabis cities and pro social consumption cities quote unquote but you know they're gonna take their sweet ass time with it you know it could be years till we see it it could be could be a year could be two years you know it's it's not gonna be an easy thing that's gonna happen and as i've said in this state public smoking is illegal and and landlords can still ban you from using on the property and if you live in federal subsidized housing, good luck because you know because of federal prohibition, you can you'll get evicted. And there have been horror stories, tons of horror stories on this. But um, but yeah, I'm not going to accept greenwashing. You know, I mean, I may have grown up in the tail end of prohibition, but I remember when I was in high school, and um, this was like this was my senior year was 2008. And, um, you know, I was getting to vote for Obama the first time. So I remember voting for him in the primary and, um, yeah, I voted for him in the primary and then I did an absentee ballot for the general to, to vote for Obama over, uh, McCain. And, um, during that time I, I took an AP government class and, um, I had this like, like mean teacher, I'm not going to, I'm not going to call out, call her out by name, but I had, but she was, she wasn't, she always said these slick comments to me, like, like when she would give back my papers, like, even though like most of like the, I would get most of the answers correct, you know, but I'm, I've always been sort of like an anxious student. So sometimes like I'll, like when I feel like I'm rushed or whatever, I might misspell some things. It's not that I don't know how to spell it, but because, you know, like in, in, in my AP courses to prepare us for the AP exams, our, our teachers would, would put very, very strict time constraints. So, oh, you, you have to finish this task within, within, like if the, if the period is 40 minutes, you have to finish it within 35. She'll give it to you. You'll have 35 minutes to do it and you have to finish it in 35 because I think the logic was they're trying to prepare you for the AP exams where everything is strictly timed and stuff. So they're trying to get your pacing down. But, um, she would always say these slick comments about me and like, I remember one time when I brought up, I mean, I was talking with one of my libertarian, um, classmates, you know, I mean, I mean, I was, I was always sort of a Democrat for most of my life or whatever. I was more of a centrist in high school, but you know, I, I still, I mean, I still lean towards the Democrats or whatever, but one thing I liked about Ron Paul, and especially if like, you know, if you lived during the aughts and you were an adult back then, Ron Paul is like the only politician that was really talking about cannabis in any serious way. Everyone else was just held in contempt and saw it as a fringe hippie issue. But Ron Paul was saying that this was a that the drug war was a waste of money and that cannabis should be decriminalized if not legal. And even though I was like, you know, I don't agree with everything Ron Paul says, you know, I'm I'm glad he's bringing this issue up. And then this teacher, she was like, oh, you just want to get high, don't you? You're just voting for him because you want him to legalize weed. She said it in such a dismissive manner. You know, this was 2008, you know. And I, I mean, I know that there are older people than me that have gone through way worse. But 
it's just that dismissiveness and contempt that she had for, for us for even bringing this up. Like, we're not supposed to talk about it, even though she's the type of person that would have wine, that would have wine after creating our papers, but then judge me for bringing up that weed should be legal. And at that time, I didn't smoke at all. You know, I didn't, I didn't smoke until my, the second semester of my freshman year of college. So it would be another year and some change before I ever tried it. But the fact that she was so dismissive and so smug about it and treating stoner culture and the perceived users of it, you know, she was a Republican teacher. Let me full disclaimer, disclaimer. So she was buying into this culture war posturing like every other Republican. But yeah, I mean, I'm not, I've had to go through derision and, and BS from adults, adults growing up in my life for even expressing slightly cannabis, pro-cannabis views. It was seen as fringe then. You know, I know it was sort of the tail end of Prohibition, but it was, see, it was still seen as fringe and nuts and not what serious adults talked about, you know. And now that it's legal and now that we're having these same people who, who, who laughed at us and called it, called this oh, something that shouldn't be taken seriously, you know, now they want it in the culture. Now they want CBD for their pain, their joint pain. Now they want edibles or whatever for their chronic pain or whatever or edibles for their depression. And they were the same people that were just dunking on us forever bringing up that weed should be legal. You know, I'm not saying that we should, we shouldn't let people into the fold. You know, I'm, I'm, I'll take an ally when we can get them, even if they had dumb views before. And even if, if they talk slick to us before, but what I'm not going to do like this, like Kate, Katie said, I'm not going to water down this culture. You know, we had to endorse Sigma for so long and you know, why should being high be seen as any different than than alcohol? It's even healthier. There are there aren't many medical benefits to alcohol besides sterilization. You know, alcohol could ruin your liver. It can you know, it can impair your driving, and you can kill yourself and others. It's the it's just so much that so much bad and destructive things that alcohol does. Yet it's fine to want to drink wine after work, but in some circles, cannabis is still taboo. And, you know, we got to, we got to, we got to make it known that we're going to stand up for this, for, for stoner culture and we're not going to have it be greenwashed. So, um, I guess that's all I have to say for this. And, um, this is a very good article. And, um, again, um, as always stay medicated, my friends and fight tyranny, fight fake legalization, fight new prohibition. Peace out.